that everything that is written about him is great. We thank the Lord for yet another great time in his presence. I want you to reach out to all friends, all church members that you know must be present with us tonight on this conference so that we take the word of God and prayer to yet another level. Amen. This evening I intend to speak to us on what I call how to be road tested inside and out. How to be road tested inside and out. And a key verse is going to come from Psalm 66, the verse 8 to 12. Psalm 66, the verse 8 to 12. And I read. Bless our God, O peoples. Give him a thunderous welcome. Didn't he set us on the road to life? Didn't he keep us out of the ditch? He trained us first, passed us like silver through refining fires, brought us into hard scrabble country, pushed us to our very limit, road tested us inside and out, took us to hell and back. Finally, he brought us to this well-watered place. Beloved, this is not the first time I'm sharing a message like this. But tonight, I want to cause you to stir you up for serious time of prayer. Because, you see, God will not use anyone that he has not trained through testing. The Lord's training comes by testing. That is because even the great automobile companies that sell in the African market go the extra mile to road test their vehicles inside and out before they are certified. Any company that sells vehicles in Africa before they will certify such a vehicle to be sold in the African market, they must first test that vehicle both in and out, both the body and the engine. Whether the engine can stand the African terrain, the African climate, the body whether it is made for a rugged road. That's why you see some pickups, they written on it, hard body. It's hard body because they want Africa to know. We know that your, your, nat your nature, your system, can only to tolerate something that is hard. I mean, when you go to the United States, 
You don't see hard bodies. No. You see more comfortable vehicles. But you don't see hard body. You see. And that is because our roads are not the normal roads. That can just take any vehicle. The life that the Christian is called to is not the normal, ordinary life of roller coaster, but a life of cross-bearing on a rugged road. You and I have been called by God on a certain road. And that road is a cross-bearing road. Not just, you see, you can be carrying a cross and be walking on a nice road. But here you carry a cross and you are walking on a certain road that you know this is not a normal road. Not long ago, the United Kingdom High Commissioner in Ghana took a walk through Ghana. And then when he got to some roads, he said, that is the poorest road ever in Ghana. And I happened to have used that road few days before his traversing. And I knew what he was talking about. I'm telling you that the life that we are called to live as Christians is not a normal one. And therefore, if we are going to succeed on that road, we must not just be the roller coaster believers. We must be Christians that have been tested inside and out. Inside and out. The faint hearted will not survive here. Hence, the need for God to first take us through the finance of affliction. See, there's a certain life, if you are faint-hearted, you cannot pass there. So you need to be tested. Go to military academy and training school at Teshi in Accra. And ask them what kind, just go and ask permission to be part of their training for one day. You look. When you hear that they are opening, opening school for new entrants, ask for permission to go and dodge somewhere and watch. Day one, you run. There are people who run and they go for them and bring them back. Because you must be well trained. And it's not like we are keeping you today and start training you tomorrow. The moment you arrive at the gate, your training starts. This is armed forces. How much more the soldiers of heaven. People that God is going to depend on to redeem the souls of mankind. Definitely, he will train you inside and out. You don't know what I've been through. Hmm. It's like I was in hell. Indeed, you were in hell. And it was God's intention for you to go through that hell. I know you don't like this point at this time. For me to say it was God's intention. Yes, you see, the devil may have orchestrated it, but unless God permits it, the devil has no power and authority to bring those things on your life. So the fact that they happened, it is all because God knew that, look, even if he permits you to go through death, 
that training, that testing, that experience definitely was going to raise you up to bring you to a certain place where God can say, yes, indeed, you have arrived. You have arrived. And you see, when those trainings are going on, nobody likes them. Nobody enjoys them. There is no soldier that goes to training that they enjoy the training. They don't like it. But one thing I can tell you also is that, look, people go for officer's training and they, they are drilled, they are disciplined, all kinds of more treatment. I mean, call it more treatment, quote and unquote. They go through it. But do you know something? Sometimes the people that even train them, the people that take them through that kind of task are people that will be of lower ranks after they have graduated. But the fact that they have not yet graduated, they have to humble themselves. They have to behave as if they don't even know what position is ahead of them. Just to go through that training. And there are occasions where I have heard that after the training, the same people that train them begin to salute them. How does that feel? How does that feel? That the same person that drilled you, that took you through such a Herculean task, just to train you and give you, you know, the stamina to stand for the actual work. And the training is not the work. The training is not the work. The actual work will come. I'm telling you, the actual work will come. Sometimes you may finish the training and for, for years you may not have yet encountered anything as difficult as the training. It doesn't mean that the training was useless. There could be only one occasion in your life Hello, somebody. You see, you may have gone through training for 18 months. All right? Difficult training. And that difficult training is only because there's going to be just one hour of your career. That decisive one hour. A decisive one hour. A one hour that you may have to apply the training. You know? And if you fail in that application... What it means is that your life may be at, at risk, your colleague's life may be at risk, the whole battalion will be at risk, the entire nation will be at, at risk. Look, a whole continent can be at risk just because somebody failed in a certain hour. So you don't say that, oh, you know, I've been to the training and I don't even know how they are using me in this. I don't even know how they are using me in this. No, 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 no. Just thank God you've been to the training. And of course, the training is not like, I finished the training, so I never get trained again. Keep on. Keep on. Keep on. So that's what God does in our lives. God allows you to go through so many, so many things just for one parade. One parade. One day. One day. One day. Look, all the things you have been through in life up to today is for just one occasion. You may want to trivialize that occasion. But that is when you have reached the height. That is what God has been waiting for. That is the day that God himself will stand up for you. And God will give you the salute. You know something? At the university, when you get past second class, third class, and all those, when they are giving you the certificates, I don't know about now, but during our time, this about almost 30 years ago, what happens is that the vice chancellor sits down, all right, and shakes hands with the, those who passed and third class and 
second class and they, they, they sit and shake hands with you but for those who get the, the first class when you get there he stands up are you hearing me well he stands up does he even take out the hat the, the or something you know i mean something unique happens to tell that you are not ordinary do you know that when you go through the training of god when your time comes the lord stands up for you we have been told in the, in the gospel that jesus ascended and it's seated at the right hand side of the father is that not it ever leave it making intercessions for us so we know that jesus right now is seated in heaven but check your bible in acts chapter 7. bible says that when stephen was being stoned all right the heavens open and stephen said i see the son of man i see the son of god standing up okay when saul was consenting to the death of stephen jesus stood up because at that moment it was a parade at that moment it was an assembly you see stephen's suffering on earth was simply for that occasion where the lord himself will rise up and stand up and give him a salute because stephen this is distinction because look the prayer that even stephen prayed when he was being killed he said father forgive them he prayed for them that forgive them and the man who was consenting to his death was Saul, who later became Paul. And you and I know the work that Paul did to humanity. Can I say boldly, it was the prayer of Stephen that saved, saved Paul. Could it be that just because of Paul, that's why God allowed Stephen to go through all the afflictions he went through? And you would have said, but God could have found another way to to call Saul without letting Stephen go through that. You see, when you speak like that, when you assume things like that, then you are becoming God. Are you hearing me? And you are trying to play God. It's like you know better than God. But why should you know better than God? This is how God chose to do it for his namesake, for his glory. And I'm saying that in the same way also in your life, there are things that you are going through, there are things that you have gone through, and God knows them. God knows them. And the day will come in your life when that parade, that assembly will be organized. So don't trivialize the things you are going through. Don't trivialize your life experiences. He knows the end from the beginning. If you ever felt you are being in hell, then welcome to the club of the overcomer. Every overcomer must go through hell god did not intend to destroy you rather the way to the watered place sometimes go through hell the way to prosperity sometimes is through hell the way to success is through failure the way to greatness sometimes is through shame and disgrace the way to the top sometimes goes through beneath you know if someone tells you in the world you want to go up look up that's the world system but god's system is that if you will ever go up learn to go down if you will ever be a ruler learn to be a server if you know how to serve you know how to rule if you know how to be small you you know what it takes to be great there are people who fail in greatness 
There are people who are promoted in life and they fail in greatness. In fact, there are people who fail in prosperity. They fail in success. And you want to know why? Because those people have never been down there before. Anyone that became successful without ever going through the ranks of life. You know, let me give you, I don't know why I'm on the soldiers today. But here you were, you just finished university and then you went through to like Ghana police or armed forces or you know any of these services and then they just carry you pam they put you at the top you are at the top at the beginning look you know what it's a good place for you to be but the possibility that you're going to fail is very big why you've never been through the ranks so you don't know what the feeling is down there because you don't know how the feeling is down there when you are up there you may not know what they are feeling down there you know you know be humane you know have feelings for the people because you have never been there but somebody else who has been through the ranks and reason and know what it is to be down there because he's been there before when he's up there he knows how these ones are failing all right it's like you went to the university and then you did a uh, maybe administration or do some accounting or something and you come to an organization and there you are they they, they promote you accountant you just left university and they made you an accountant but here is somebody who has been through commercial school who has been through um <laughs> some elementary the, the real work by the way the work is not done at the top the work is down beneath okay somebody did stenographer somebody did uh, accounting did commerce did accounting those kind of little 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 things and they know the work they know the work in fact some of them have been there for 30 years and the reason ah, and the all of a sudden young graduates they say hey, you are the boss of the organization and it's like yeah <laughs> i'm the boss and you come in the, <laughs> you're looking at the don't you know the boss has come you know last to you will not last. You see, when you come to such a place, your best friends should be those who have been there. All right? Because it's not for nothing that we start from the ground. There are things beneath that you must know. All right? And there are things you know up there which has no relationship to what is down here. And most of the things that we study in school, they're, they're not even applicable. You come to the field and realize that all the things we're learning are bongalas, is my own word. They mean nothing. Are you hearing what? They mean nothing. You know, like there's nothing in it. Cost 90, zero, nothing. Theories, they can be applied anywhere. Because those textbooks were written some years ago and nobody dare change them. And you, you are thinking that, oh, I've got a degree. I've got a degree. Got what? You got nothing. I got an MBA. You got nothing. The actual work is, is those below. All right? So when God decides to take you through the low levels of life, don't complain. Don't mama. When you come to such a place and your boss says, you know what? I'm giving you a certain training. You may not get a degree in that training, but you get a certain experience. Experience that will be required for you. And the joy of it all is that you see because you've been to the ranks nobody can actually cheat you all right you see like i always tell the young guys around me 
I have been a very young guy before, if you don't know. And I know activities of young men because I've been a young guy. So when you are around me and you are trying to be dodgy, I tell you, I have been there. You know, but assume me, I was just born, I was born again from, from birth. Church every day of my life. I don't know anything in the world. Huh? Then I would have been admitted. So sometimes I catch people and they say, Hey, Pastor, how did you catch me like that? How would I catch you? Because I have been there. Bible says Jesus Christ, because he has been touched with the feelings of our infirmities, because he has been where we are, he is able to save us unto the uttermost. Hello? Jesus is able to save us. He's able to touch us because there's nothing we are going through that he did not go through in his humanity. Just that he did not sin. But every affliction, every temptation, every trial, look, covetousness was tested in covetousness. Ungodliness was tested in ungodliness. Pride he was tested in pride and arrogance. So when you are being proud, all right, it's nothing big for God because, I mean, he was tested in it. The devil told him, look at all these things. I will give them to you, okay, so that you can brag and boast. So Jesus was tested. And because he passed that test, that's the only way why he qualified to save you and I. Brothers and sisters, I'm saying to you this evening that because of the struggles of your life, because of the challenges of your life, God will not throw you away. God will use you. God will send you to the place he has ordained you to be. And if at this time you are going through some training, some difficulties of life, don't think that God does not know about it. Don't think that God has left you. He hasn't left you. He knows you are there. Are you hearing me? Humble yourself and go through that training. There are times in life that we think that God does not know what we, we know. And so we, there's a rush attempt for us to act so quickly than the time. Moses nearly made that mistake. If he made that mistake, you know, he was destined to be a redeemer of Israel. Okay? And, but the time was not yet up. So in his rash attempt to act as a, as a liberator, as a deliverer of Israel, caused his escape to the backside of the desert, into the Sinai Peninsula. Why? Because it was not yet time. I hear him well. It was not yet time for him, but he acted too quickly. He acted, and that delayed the redemption of Israel through the Exodus for 30 more years. Do you know that when you rush in life, you delay yourself? And sometimes you delay God's own agenda for humanity. So Moses made that mistake, and we can learn a lot. All right? When God was training Moses, it took 40 years to be in the Bible school. His classmates were goats and sheep. You had human classmates. He did not have human classmates. His classmates were animals. That's why when finally God was sending him to come back and redeem them, he told God, I do not know how to speak. Hello, somebody that the Bible says that he was learned in the wisdom of the Egyptians. This guy is, 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 a, is a vocal guy. But at that moment, because he has not interacted with human beings and he has been more with this animal, he says, I do not know how to speak. I see if that was a good excuse. Because don't worry, I know. I know the school you went to. So I'm going to give you a spokesperson. Your brother will be with you. 
Aaron will be your spokesman. That's why. It's because of the training. But later in years, if you follow the Exodus, you realize that this guy will stand and preach and talk to the people. One man who didn't know how to speak to the point where his father-in-law came in and advised him that the things that you are doing is not good. Break them into small groups, all right, so that, you know, your spirit will rest on others and they can do the work for you. Otherwise, this guy alone was speaking to over three million people. That was the training he went through. That was the training. So... The scripture we read in Psalm 66, verse 8 to 12, makes us know that God will road test us. He will take us to hell and back. Okay? God did not intend to destroy you. Rather, the way to the watered place sometimes go through hell. Look at your bruises. Hello? Look at your bruises. Look at your bruises right now. Are there bruises? Do you have some heads? Look at the marks. Look at the scars. Your disappointments and failures. And see what a general you have become. Nobody can become a general unless they have some bruises, some pains, unless they have been through some things. And how dare you want to become a general? But you don't want to, you don't want to go through anything. No, you must go through something. And the mark of a general are the, are the marks, are the bruises, are the disappointments, are the failures, are the things that they have been through. The things you go through in life, they make you. They build you up. They bake you. Oh yes, such people are respected. They were not just giving positions for, 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 for studying books. No. Rigorous training. And God's people also go through rigorous training. That's why I always teach you and I tell you that. Don't take for granted any man or woman whom God has used or God is using. Alright? They may have some failures. But... That should never negate the hand of God upon them. Because it takes only a few to go through those stages of life and survive. And I told you on Tuesday that God do not throw away his people. God do not throw away people that he has taken to hell and brought them back. He doesn't just throw them away. I don't need you anymore. So that you can just trample them underfoot no 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 god doesn't do that and that's why as you go through the training as you go through the journeys of your life i can assure you god will not throw you away in fact what makes you are not just your successes and not just the beautiful stories about your life it takes the good the bad and the ugly it takes your disappointment your failures all the sum total of all these things is what makes you successful so if you have faced some failures in life, oh, count yourself blessed. Count yourself blessed. You know, if I had a problem and I need to be helped, <laughs> I will not just go look for a fine person, a fine pastor who has been through nothing to counsel me or to pray for me. No way. Because they can't even counsel me. They can't even advise me. 
But the question is, what have you been through? What have you been through? Today we are dealing with a very important subject. I call it how to, to be road tested inside and out. Don't be impressed by the testimony of him that simply got answers to prayers. When we come to church and say, testimony time. Oh, when somebody comes, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. All the time. But you and I know that it's not always that God is good. All right? We may say it, but sometimes in reality, you know it's as if God is not good. So don't get impressed. I just prayed. I just prayed once and I got all my answers. Oh, hallelujah. Always, whatever I need and I ask, then I get it. Oh, hallelujah. We thank God for you, sister. We thank God for you. In fact, we celebrate with you. But you have just begun the journey. We want to know you. The day you pray, and it's as if your prayers are bouncing back to you. We want to know you whether you come to church and say, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My brothers and my sisters, I have a testimony. You see what God has done? You see, the day for three months now, for three years now, I've been praying about this thing. And you know, it seems that it's not coming. But the joy in my heart tells me that my Jesus is alive. This is my testimony, and I want to share with you. That is when we will know that, hey, you prayed and you have already received the answer. And there's still joy in your heart because you know that the further it doesn't come, does not mean that it will never come. Then we know you are growing. All right? There are people whose mood will change the moment they don't get answers to their prayers. The success of a person doesn't simply lie in what the world sees as accomplishment, but rather what the person has overcome. Your sources, right, doesn't lie in what the world sees as your accomplishment and achievement, but you see what the world do not see, which you have overcome. The things you, you see, when, when, you, see, when you are promoted, when you are in a position, like, like President Akufuado, we what we know is that he's a he's a president. So we like him. He's our uncle. I mean, he's our grandfather. He's our family member. In fact, all of us, even he's my family member. In fact, my, this is my hometown, and that's his hometown. You know, his father. Uh, I mean, he and my father were 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 like nearly schoolmates. You see, my father was going to go to the, his school, but something happened. <laughs> Everybody will find a certain story to tell when you are up there because they see that to be your accomplishment and achievement and your sources. But that's a lie. The sources was when you went to contest 1992, when you made an attempt to go and contest and you were not successful. 96, you contested and you 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 you, you failed to jail before. 2000, you had no choice. Even if the ambition was so strong in your heart and you want to be president at all costs, in the year 2000, you dare not because President Kufo was still there. 
So whether you like him or you don't like him, President Kufuado has to pretend he likes him. All right? So when he's standing with President Kufuado, he has to smile. Whether you want to smile or not, he has to smile. If there's a cabinet meeting, he dare not oppose President Kufuado for him to say that, oh, okay, so you are against me again. You, you want the presidency? No. So he has to smile. Those were the days that he was made. Then 2004 came, right? He tried it, and he failed. Is that not it? And he served as a minister. He was nice to the president. And he was so sure that 2008, the hour is my time. And I could remember 2008, I was outside, but I was watching. He was even using motorcade. As a minister, because he knows this one there is my time. And then he went. And those were the days that there was this late president who nobody counted, who was moving from house to house and declaring, I care. I care for you. I care for you. And Daniels were teasing him. And President Akufuado today, that time candidate Akufuado knew that. As for this one, dear, is Coco, I will beat him. He went in and 2008, he lost again. And Daniel said, that's your retirement package. Go to retirement. People in his own party said, retirement. People in the government said, retirement. Everybody said, retirement. They were teasing him. Old man, you can't be president. Old man, there's no way that Anachim can be a president uh, as long as Anachim is there. All kinds of stories. We're hearing all those kind of things. And let me tell you this. Those words were, were testing words. Those were the words that would prove whether he was internally built and externally built. I hear him well, but he was able to overcome the words of men, the negativity of mankind. President Akufuado overcame the challenges of 2008. And guess what? 2012, he knew it was his time. Then also, somebody just took some three months and then, just like that, and bah, beat him up. And everyone said, oh, if 2008 we retired you and you say you're not retired, as for this one here, we, we are going to carry you and take you to your hometown. Leave Accra. Listen to me. People did all that they would do. He stayed calm. He went back, re-engineered himself because he was internally built. I hope you're learning something. I, me, I don't practice politics. Anyone who is president, I support them, I pray for them, so me, I don't care. But I'm telling you, I'm teaching you practical lessons here. He did it, and then, wow, he managed whatever it is to bring his party together, and they elected him again as a presidential candidate. 2016, nobody in Ghana gave him a dog chance that he will ever win the presidency. But you know something? There was an internal power. There was something within him that told him that it was possible. Let me tell you this. Look, if you are around President Akufuadu today, and you didn't know him in the 70s, you didn't know him in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. If you didn't know him in those days, and you were just around him today and you were just licking your hands, you better move. I heard him well. The people, those of us who knew him in those days, who know the story, let's come there. I hear him well. You know nothing. 
You only see success. You only see presidency. You only see jubilee house. You only see na no, na no, four more for na, four more for na. That's all that you know, but you don't know the crucibles where he was made. You have no idea of the fairness of fire that he went through. But today, Christians, we are going through things and then we give up so quickly because it is not the way we wanted it. 2016, people said no to no work. But guess what? Today he's the president of Ghana. And he's the president of Ghana today not because he has learned about presidency. He is the president of Ghana because he has been through the trenches. He has been to the Kumipiakos. He has been to the demonstrations. He has been to the streets. He has walked on the street with ordinary people. In fact, you see him at the chop bar eating with ordinary common people. Sometimes I'll look at the videos and say, hey, how can he just go to a chop bar in a village somewhere and because of three votes in that village, tell you drink some kind of water you never want to drink? Years ago, I was ministering in a village somewhere. And I was offered a certain water, kind of water to drink. And initially, I wanted to reject the water. Then one of my assistants said to me, if you reject the water, they, have rejected, they will reject the gospel. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, you have to drink the water to signify that you have accepted them. If you reject the water, and the worst of it all is that the water was in a calabash. And the person who brought the water first drank it. Okay? Drank it to signify that I have welcomed you. I love you. There is no poison in this water. This is clean, good water. If I have drank it, you can drink it. And I've been told I can't reject it. So I took the water. And the wise I put the, the calabash on my mouth like this, I prayed. I said, Father, sanctify it. Anything that will harm me, take it out. And I drank it. And every village we went to, I needed to drink that water. No. All those things were training. Were training that will bring me to where God wants me to come to. Amen? So what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that the success of a person doesn't simply lie in what the world sees as accomplishment, but rather what the person has overcome. The size of cathedrals, membership, and number of books written by great men of God is not what defines them, but rather the years of neglect they have endured, yet did not give up. I have great fathers in this land who have written books, who have done great things, who have built cathedrals, and when we sit back, we think that it is those cathedrals and the many books that defines them. No. What defines them were the years of neglect, the years that nobody cared about them, the years that you, you, you as a pastor, you prepare a church, and you go, and it's just you and your wife and children, nobody else is coming. The years that People promise you, Pastor, I'll be with you, I'll support you, I'll do this. But when the hour comes, you can't find them. Those years of neglect is what defines them. Because those are the years that if they had given up, we didn't have seen the cathedrals we are seeing today. 
Would you have seen the books we are, we are, we are reading today? Would you have seen that? So when you see a man of God riding in some big blessing and all those things, do not just sit back and criticize them. Don't just sit back and, and think that it should have been you. Because what have you been through? You have been, been through nothing. Alright? That's why if you are a junior person in an organization, don't envy those that are up there. Okay? Go through the runs. Go through the training. And when you get there, you'll be solidified. Read Psalm 40. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he, he inclined his ears unto my prayer. And brought me out of the horrible pit. Out of the miry clay. Okay? He will bring you out of the pits and out of the clay. The muddy areas. He brought me out and set my foot upon the rock. God will not bring you out of the pit and put you into another pit. He will not bring you out of the, the clay, the muddy clay, and put you into another clay. When he brings you out of the clay, he will place you on a rock. And he says, a firm place to stand. And then he put a new song in my mouth. When God brings you out and places you there, he puts a song in your mouth. And those who hear that song, they will praise God with you. That's the story here. So when you allow yourself to be trained, and you think that they are wasted years, they are not wasted years. There's a day that is coming. And that day, sometimes you may have to, look, sometimes I have to prepare for a whole week, a whole week of, of preparing, getting someone, doing this, doing that, and I just have 45 minutes to deliver. All right? What I'm preaching to you today, I didn't prepare this message now. My wife will tell you. I prepared this message 25 years ago. 25 years ago when I started preaching on this message. Hallelujah. 25 years ago. Not today. Huh? And I've lived this life for 25 years. I didn't even know when I'll preach it. Yes, 25 years ago. You, 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 yes, you, you, you can't believe it. This was not prepared yesterday. I didn't even know when. God wanted me to speak about this. But I've had this note of mine for years now. So, there's some things that is happening around you right now. But God knows there's a time that is coming. Don't be impressed by the pomp and pageantry on the wedding day, but rather the years of endurance when no one will propose and yet faith in God did not wane. When we go for weddings, we only see beautiful weddings and it's like, wow. But we don't know that we got there because these people have endured some things. They've been through some pain. They've waited. They did not give up on God. That's where they got to where they have gotten to. Your classmates in society will post the writings of successful people as wisdom, but will neglect yours, not because they hate you, but because the world is not trained to celebrate our own. The world is not trained to celebrate our own. So your classmates will hardly celebrate you. Yes. Like this note, in the hands of Billy Graham, this notes in the hands of a man of God with a big name, right, will become news. But 
my classmates my classmates those i grew up with will see this as nothing but if the same thing were spoken by another great man they'll chew on it they'll feed on it but do not get worried in those times people are not trained to celebrate their own so they may not celebrate you just wait till you've gone through the finance of life to the very apogee then you see the number of people that know you it will not be long you will know that those that know you i just told you that president Agufado, i know him and he knows me if we are from almost the same village not the same place but almost do you, do you get the point here so you see people who know you oh i know oh, oh is that pastor elvis oh, oh oh i know him oh yeah 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 when he was in war or when he was here when he was in the u.s ah, you hear stories that's why sometimes i look at people who have a church all right you have a small pastor we have a small church there's a lot you can do in that church but we don't do all right because your pastor has nothing is not known anywhere and the same people you leave your pastor with his small church and you, you you see another man of god and you are hailing another man of god you are hailing and you are hailing hey this is man of god this is it this is it this is this do you know my message for you you are the kind of people that if that man of god you are hailing if he had met you at the beginning of his ministry you wouldn't have reached where he is now the only reason why you cannot help your pastor to reach where god is taking him but you want to celebrate another man of god is because you will never help anybody to go up oh yes you will never help anybody to go up so so my message to that pastor is that these people that are celebrating around you who do, do not know your pain your suffering where you have been don't be so much enthused with them don't be don't be, don't be so happy with them because they are not your members they are not your celebrants they will not celebrate you in fact today you are up that's why the day you come down you see that they will all leave you oh yes so personally i don't get impressed with people coming around and saying things i don't get impressed especially those who, who don't know where we are coming from who don't know what we are suffered who don't know who don't know the finance we are going through some people they'll come and speak sweet words i don't accept them i don't take them because if i commit my heart to them i'll be disappointed in life and i believe i'm giving you a message and it must sink so deep into you so that in the future, if God ever gives you a man in your life, your aim should be, how can I make him? God gives you a man and you make him. Yes, God will make a man through men. Oh, yes. I wish I have enough time tonight. So you, want to, you go to the finance of life. That's why you need to choose your, your, your class your close circles of friends when you are still not known because very soon you will not easily know the true and the fake ones you see choose your your closest friends when you have nothing sometimes i look at some of the presidential staffers all right and i thank god for them this chief of staff uh, uh, Deputy Chief of Staff or the press guy, those guys at the, at the Jubilee House. When Nanado was in opposition, huh? when he had nothing, when there was no hope, when everybody gave up on him, they stuck around. 
this Eugene Ahin, somebody, I don't know what he does. I think he write or something. He, he was around releasing statement in opposition. Do you know, you think it's easy to be in opposition, be looking for money and you're not getting, and you're around the leader who had nothing. And then when he finally wins the election, then you are telling us that he should put Ijiahi and others, you should sack them and, and bring you because you went to Harvard, you went to Yale, you went to the best universities, and you know so much. So you should sack them all and bring you. Ah. But if you had encountered you when he was in opposition, there was no one you have been a president. Take this message I'm going to give to them. Especially those that are fighting tooth and nail. Those who want to fight all kinds of means. To, to get into positions, go and give it to them to, 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 to listen to. It happens around every great man. You see those things. As you live to please God daily, determine to see the God factor, even in your difficult moments. Always see the God factor in your difficult moments, in your afflictions, in your pain, in your worries, in your troubles. Always see the God factor. God, what do you want to learn in this? I just failed. What lesson do I have? Ah, I just got this great accomplishment. Lord, what do you want me to learn from this accomplishment? I wanted this. I didn't get it. Lord, what do you want to learn? Lord, why do you allow it? What are you doing in my heart? Why are you taking me? Why do you want to use me? The, God always has a reason and a purpose for everything. Finally, finally, James chapter 1, verse 2 and 4. Consider it. A sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed not deficient in any way hello he's saying here that look when you go through things don't quickly want to get out all right allow allow god to finish his work in the days of affliction where he's maturing you where he's training you where he's baking you where he's building you don't listen to men Huh? Don't listen to men. When people come around and tell you that, oh, you know what? You are suffering too much and then you'll be better off here. Don't share those things. You see, when you don't hear God, don't ever move. Oh, yes. Don't ever move. You see, as a pastor, I've counseled two groups of people. Somebody, you counsel them and the best advice to give to them is, I you know something, at least temporarily, Pack your things and stay somewhere as we solve this matter. Some also, the same scenario, but the advice is that don't move, stay there. Each person must learn to know the mind of God on every matter in our lives. I believe you have learned something today. God will road test you inside and out. The things you are going through right now, they don't intend to kill you or to destroy you. They are intending to make you what God wants you to become. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. You soldiers of the cross. I want her to sing this song. 
at this time as we move into prayer we are going to delve into prayer right now and i want each one to stand and to pray with me right now stand up stand up for jesus ye soldiers of the cross lift up the royal banner it must not suffer loss from victory unto victory hallelujah oh yes Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer love. From victory unto Again. Stand up, stand up for Sing it out, sing it out, sing it out. I want you to my soul. Stand up for Jesus. Yeah. 
sing the first i've sent the songs i sent to everybody it's part of the message i sent so you should just check your message that i sent it's attached to it let's sing the fourth stanza i love it say stand up stand up for jesus the strife will not be long this day the noise of battle the nest shall be the victor's song to those who vanquish evil a crown of life shall be they with the king of glory shall reign eternally let's take the first stanza and the last hallelujah and if you are seated if you are lying down i want you to get up get up i don't see any soldier who sleeps at the battlefront i want you to get up rise up as we sing this song sing it with vibrance let everything inside you sing it. Don't mind my voice. It's from heaven. I'm hearing you. Uh, my voice is from heaven. So anointed. In Jesus' name. All right, let's go. Stand up, stand, stand up, up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner. It must not Oh, Lord. 
tonight the stand up and stand up for Jesus the strife will not belong this day is the noise of battle but the next day shall be the vital song when you read Psalm 126 he said that when the Lord came back our captivity we were like them that dreamt our mouths were filled with joy and our tongues with laughter. It was said among the heathen that their God has blessed them. And when you know, it says that they that go to sow in tears, they that go bearing their seed and sowing in tears. You see, sowing is never, Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. But in, us, in, in reality, it's not a, a cheerful giver, but a tearful giver. Not cheer, but tear. So people that go to sow their seed in tears, Bible said they will come back. They will not remain there. They will not die there. They will come back. And when they are coming back, they will come back with their sheaves, their harvest with them, with the songs of joy. So I prophesy tonight that your weeping will not last forever. Your agonizing and your pain, the troubles that you are going through will not last eternally. Your prayers shall be answered. You are not going to live perpetual all night throughout your life. Your pillows will not be wet forever. I see a dry pillow in your life right now. I see a dry face towel in your life. Your face towel has always been wet because of tears. You have asked the question, when is my time? I have heard testimonies, but when will I share testimonies? I have given so much, I have sown, but when will I also reap? Beloved, today, yesterday, was the day of battle. But tomorrow, you shall sing a victor song. For I see God turning away your captivity. I see God turning things around. I see you having an encounter. I see a divine encounter coming your way. I see your tears that were bottled by God have come before him. I see your prayers that have come before him like an incense. 
And I see God looking into your situation. I see a book of remembrance that has been opened for you. And I hear God say, I should tell you, He is about to distinguish between those that love Him and those who do not love Him. I see God coming your way. I see God lifting you. I see God carrying you. I see the supernatural force lifting you from one place where you have been forever. And you thought you would never ever cross over to the other side. I see a blessing coming your way now. Claim that blessing, my brother. Claim that blessing, my sister. Claim that blessing is coming your way. It's coming your way. It's coming your way. It's coming your way. It's coming your way. You shall declare when God pulled away my captivity. It was like a dream. It was like a dream. You have always asked, who do I have that will help me? Who can take me to the king? Tonight, the king himself has risen. The king himself has come to you. You don't need anyone to take you to the king. Tonight, as I'm praying, I pray that anyone that has the power, anyone that has the authority to make a decision that will favor you. A decision that can transform you. Who are forgotten about you? Tonight, as I pray, may they remember you. May they remember you right now. In the name of Jesus, be remembered. Anyone that has resources that can turn things around for you but has forgotten about you as I speak forth, as I pray now, may they remember you right now. May they remember you right now. In the name of Jesus, any man, any woman that must make a decision to affect you, I charge them by the power of God right now. They must favor you now. This same night, may they remember you. May they remember you now. In the name of Jesus, may they not have their peace until they have favored you, until they have blessed you. In the name of Jesus. Anyone who has vowed to make life uncomfortable for you, tonight I pray that God shall place a solving limitation, a solving limitation on their evil intention. They can't perpetuate any injustice over your life. In the name of Jesus, may God touch you. May God bless you. May God deliver you from a strong man, from a strong woman. In Jesus' name. Anyone who is too strong for you? Who has become a god or a goddess over your life? Tonight, I dethrone them by the power of God. They are dethroned tonight. 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 In the name of Jesus. May God grant you the capacity. May God build in you a strong force and unwavering faith in this month of may 
is going to take strong leadership. Either you are leading strongly or you are following hard. This month of May, take my word, it's going to take people who take God at his word. People that believe that what God is saying, he will certainly do it and bring it to pass. This month of May, it's going to take those people to be catapulted to a higher height this month of May. Alright? So either you are a strong leader or you are following strong leadership this month of May. Because God is looking for people with unwavering faith. A faith that don't shake. A faith, a faith that nothing, nothing can water you down. And as you do this, this month of May, you're going to, do, you're going to achieve so much in this month than you might have achieved in your entire life. A lot of good things are going to happen in this month of May. God is going to visit a lot of people, but he's going to take the faithful ones. People that have faith in him. Faith in leadership. Okay? Second Chronicles 2020. You believe in God, you believe in his prophets. The year 2020 is a year that you believe in God, believe also in his prophet. It's not a year to despise the prophet of God. No, 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 no. Don't despise the prophet of God and say, as for me, I honor God. No, you honor God, you honor his prophet that he has set over your life. Don't take it for granted. And as you do that, you're going to encounter God in a special way. May God be kind towards you. May God show you kindness and power. And I pronounce a blessing over you that it shall be well with you. May you encounter God. May you encounter God in a special way. May God be present to you throughout the month of May and the rest of this year. May He shield you against diseases and against infirmities. May God shield you against diseases and against infirmities. In the name of Jesus, I pronounce a blessing over you. May it be well with you. May God bless you. May God bless you till I come your way again on Sunday. God bless you. Bye-bye. It's always a great joy for me when I know I'm not in this alone and that you and I have been called together to take this gospel forward. I want to say thank you for all your contributions, for your offerings, and for your tithes that you keep sending in for us to continue doing what we are doing. It's my prayer that as you sow into this kingdom, God will richly bless you. As I've always said, none of us can ever outgive God. So, it's my prayer that you continue to serve God with us in your offerings and in your tithe. Your one-time offering, your one-time donation will always be appreciated. May God be kind towards you. May God look up unto you favorably. And may he meet you at the point of your need. As you take advantage of our payment platforms and also sending your contributions thank you for standing with us thank you very much